Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Extra, the podcast. We are back, and we have a great episode for you today. I'm Melvin Robert. Thank you so much for being with us. After eight seasons of Two and a Half Men, Charlie Sheen was famously fired after his drug use spiraled out of control. Now the show's creator, Chuck Lorre, explains how he and Charlie have reconciled and are working together once again 12 years later. Then, the world can't get enough of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. The legendary NFL tight end Rob Gronkowski is weighing in on why trailer is great for the NFL. Plus, we've got one of our final interviews with Matthew Perry. But first, it's been 118 days of picketing, canceled premieres, and delayed movies and TV shows. But the actor's leader, Fran Drescher, stood her ground. Now, Hollywood is ready to get back to work. And extras Billy Bush catches up with the sag after president to see how she's feeling now that the strike is over. Madam President, congratulations on a uh, successful end to this strike. We applaud you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I see flowers on the counter behind you. Who sent you the flowers? Who are they from? Many sets, many sets. Yes, yes, many different people. 120 days or so ago, I was standing at the foot of the door when the bus opened and you got off and over by Warner Brothers. You were very emotional. You gave an impassioned speech. There was so much emotion, you were angry. How do you feel now, 120 days later? Well, um, very tired <laughs> and uh, very relieved and very proud. And I feel like we, we, the negotiating committee did their job. They did it well and they uh, sacrificed much on behalf of the member body and the member body can be proud of them for doing one hell of a job. And, uh, the likes of which have never been done. This is three times bigger a contract than the last contract. There's never been even a jump from one contract to the next like that. And, you know, we've gotten some things that were very important with uh, casting, auditions, and interviews on self-tape has been a bone of contention that also kind of is another digital issue that had to be dealt with and we dealt with it is it done no but uh the new language and the level of understanding uh where the future is and how much needs to be attended to uh was heard and addressed 
and we're already rolling up our sleeves to figure out what the next proposal is going to be in the next contract because it's a very fluid ongoing thing but this was the groundbreaking and historic contract that needed to be forged in order to build upon it for the future. Fran, you and I remember a political climate in this country where the debate was passionate, but the discourse was civil between Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan or whatever two sides. If you were to run into David Zasloff of Warner or, or Bob Iger of Disney, Donna Langley, whoever it is, one of the big studio bosses, Ted Sarandos from Netflix, what would be the tenor of that meeting? The, the, how would that greeting and that conversation go? Well, first of all, I'd give them a hug and I'd say we thank you. <laughs> exactly. And I'd say thank you. You know, in spite of all of the uh, likely and anticipated, uh, let's discredit the woman leader, um, it, that never really happened in the room. And uh, I think that we were always very civil. Sometimes they get a little like, you know, ready to bolt and I would calm them down and say this is not the time i get your kings and you do things a certain way but you know here and now time and patience is the secret sauce and, and so, one queen you know, isn't it donna langley from nbc universal there's one queen in there on the opposite side have you heard from her or any of the kings the three we three kings <laughs> yeah uh right right well actually in my head when I said that, that was when all of the um, CEOs from the AMPTP were on one Zoom. And uh, but um, Donna's a lovely person. And there was even a point where I made a point of saying I wanted to hear what she had to say because she attempted to interrupt a couple of times and uh, the guys were being guys and uh, weren't, weren't even hearing her try to interject. And uh, I said, you're not letting her talk and I'd like to hear what she has to say. And uh, so, you know, I understand the way negotiations work and I understand that we were sitting on opposite sides of a table. And I also live with the um, wisdom of Frederick Douglass, who said, power concedes nothing without demand. It never has right. and it never will. And so my job was to make sure that they understood what needed to happen in this negotiation if we were all going to go back to work. And they heard me, and that's the most important thing. Of the big studio bosses on the other side, was there one who stepped up and, and led and came to your, uh, saw things your way more than any others, one who brought resolution quicker? Um, I don't really think so. They often let Bob be the one that spoke on behalf of everyone. 
and but each one had things to say sometimes they'd get frustrated with us sometimes they we'd laugh about something oh good and that had nothing to do with the negotiation nobody uh, laughed all, like you though your laugh is the best laugh on that zoom <laughs> and thank God I figured out a way to monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> Better monetize it now, too, right? Your residuals are going up on the nanny. <laughs> well, now, you know, I couldn't even post anything about the nanny, and our 30th anniversary came and went, and that was sad for me. So I guess, as in the show, Miss Fine will always remain 29. Yes, yes, yes. Check your phone real quickly. I want to see if any of those studio bosses have texted you a congratulations and any kind of sweet hug emoji. Well, I, 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 I spoke to a lot of my A-listers. I uh, connected with drop a um, name or Governor two. Newsom. Let's drop a name or two. This is Hollywood. Come on. George Clooney said, I would have bet my house and lost that you couldn't get the deal that you got. Wow. That you would have gone past a billion dollars. And, you know, that just made me so happy. Tyler Perry called me and said, I'm so, so proud of you. It's you. You did this because I thanked him. He said, don't thank me. It's all you. And, uh, you know. Keep um, dropping. You're wetting my appetite. Drop some more. Meryl Streep. Uh, what do we got? <laughs> Hanks. Who's in there? <laughs> ben, ben and Jen were very supportive. Ooh. And uh, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, yeah. Laura Dern, um, Emma, Emma Stone. Uh, Kerry Washington was so wonderful and brilliant and smart to talk to. Wow. Um, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, Cooper's um, everywhere. He's Brooke the greatest. He's saving. He's saving Brooke Shields' life in, a, in an ambulance. He's he's running away. He's helping everybody get sober. He's texting you congratulations. This guy's <laughs> like, I'm loving Cooper these days. Yeah. He's great. And you know, he said to me that many, many years ago when I was still on the nanny and he was working at a hotel or a restaurant or something, I think it was a, re a hotel, and he maybe brought my bags up to my room with me. <laughs> and we talked the whole way up and he said, I never ever forgot how kind you were, how much you made me feel seen and how you talk to me like I was an equal. And, you know, it's I, I will never forget that. And I'm just glad that I have the opportunity to thank you now. And boy, does he ever did. He, did do, you, do you recall giving him a good tip? I hope you did. Bradley. <laughs> you just gave I him all a good I, tip now. You just all got a tip. Whatever I, whatever I gave him, it was my kindness yeah. that was enduring. Uh, Fran, uh, what a relief that this is over. Summer movies will be uh, will be back, and and we'll finish the current television season. All those flowers yeah, behind and you. All the award seasons will prevail. The award seasons. I will uh, return to the and red the carpet state to do of my thing. Which, the state of California, which uh, felt, I think, the financial crush of uh, the strike more significantly maybe than some of the other states yeah. who 
uh, don't have such a big industry there. Uh, they'll get back on their feet. I spoke to the mayor of Los Angeles, Mayor Bass, and I spoke to Governor Newsom, and everybody is very, very relieved. I've been in touch with uh, people from the president's office, uh, President Biden. Um, I, we, we were watching all the time what was happening with the other strikes. And Joe, uh, President it, Biden got involved. You, you, you had a conversation with Biden? I did not have a direct conversation with him, but uh, the first lady did record something for us, which was very special. And um, and I was talking to people from his cabinet through the whole thing. But I don't I didn't need to hear from him. He's got bigger fish to fry with the uh, two wars at large. Well, uh, no pain, no gain, as they say. There was pain, but there, but there was gain. And uh, you've got lots to be proud of. Fran, thank you so much. I, uh, I appreciate you spending time with me. All those flowers in your kitchen are well-deserved. <laughs> thank you, Billy. It's always a, a fun to talk to you and a joy. Be well. Thank you, my love. So much sacrifice went into getting us to this point and getting that deal done. We are all so excited that this strike has finally come to a close. Now, though, the wait is on until we get new episodes of all of our favorite shows. Next up, they did eight seasons together on Two and a Half Men. And now comedy king Chuck Lorre is teaming up once again with old friend Charlie Sheen for his brand new show, Bookie. Chuck opens up to extras Megan Wright about reuniting with Charlie after their very public breakup, which resulted in Charlie being fired from Two and a Half Men for his spiraling drug use. Check it out. Chuck Laurie, so amazing to be sitting and chatting with you. I was so excited when I found out I was going to be interviewing Thank you. Thank you. That's very you nice. You have done Thank you. so many incredible shows, so many that I have watched. Um, before we get started, I also was like, wow, when I walked in, I'm like, okay, so is this like, this is like a set kind of, right? Like where, where shows... We did the Big Bang Theory here for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So does it bring back memories when you when you walk in? I try not to walk in. You yeah. know, it's it's just too it's surreal to walk in and just get haunted by all the memories. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted in a good way. I was gonna say in a good way or a bad way. What happened? No. There's some stages <laughs> where it's haunting, scary, but mostly yeah. it's haunting good. Yeah. yeah. No, I can imagine all of the the shows and the just everything that you've kind of created, mm -hmm. you know, and then we're, we, you have a new one. Very excited to chat about that, but I, I feel like I've seen kind of like a common theme through it before, I guess. Is there a common theme kind of like through the shows that you create? I'm not aware you of You don't one. think so? I don't. Let's talk about that. I, I kinda, don't know. I kind of feel like other than <laughs> the sense of like, you know, obviously there's like a sense of family between whatever family it is. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the Big Bang Theory, they're not related, but it is a, a, fam a family. It is a family show. there. Very much they're a surrogate family. Mm -hmm. You know, right. they, they eat together, which is what families used to do. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's. It's attractive mm -hmm. to see a family that functions and and dysfunctions yeah. as well, because that's we make each other, we love one another and we make each other miserable. That's our job as family members. Hundred oh, so, percent. Oh, you, you seem to understand that. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I mean, hopefully nobody, nobody in my family is watching and be like, "Wait, what are you trying to say, Megan?" Um, but you know, even I've only obviously I've only gotten to see one episode of, mm -hmm. of, of Bookie, but it seems like you know our two main characters are 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 a family yes. in themselves for what, what they're doing. So can you break down the, the, the show for us? 
Well, uh, the show's about a couple of small-time bookies in Los Angeles mm -hmm. trying to scratch out a living uh, as uh, legalized gambling encroaches every day mm -hmm. all over the country. Um, there's you can't legally make a bet uh, on the internet in California, which allows these guys to still operate. Mm -hmm. And it's an all cash world they live in. They extend credit to their customers, so in a way, they're a bank, and um, and it's all a gentleman's agreement that if you lose, you pay, and, and when you win, they pay. And it's uh, it's uh, you can't go to the police if there's a problem. There's uh, there's no uh, it's uh, it's uh, off the radar. The police don't. It's illegal, but the police don't particularly care about it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we, there's a line in the uh, in one episode where a cop says it's it, bookmaking is uh, cops feel about bookmaking as a fire department feels about a cat up a tree. We don't care. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not something they're going to chase. Um, but it is off. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's off the grid, you know. They're they're operating in a subculture, with their own language, and um, and it's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Is that Charlie Sheen? Talk to me about why you decided to cast him. Was he originally going to be casted in the in the show, and how you guys made amends to make this happen? <laughs> when Nick and I wrote the first episode, we thought, well, these guys are working in Los Angeles in present time, mm -hmm. so it's pretty safe bet that. There's uh, some celebrity clients that are, you know, sports bettors and are famous. Um, and uh, we, we, we just kind of did a to be determined. Mm -hmm. we, we wrote a scene and it was just a placeholder because we didn't know who would do that. And, and frankly, when you're asking an actor to play themselves, mm -hmm. it's always, it's, it's, it's fragile because you, you want to be, you want to have fun with it, but you want to be respectful. You don't want, you know. So... Uh, I, one night, I don't know why, but I just realized that the person to play that that scene was Charlie. And I called Nick and I said, I know who should play the scene uh, as our real-life celebrity degenerate gambler. And he said, uh, when I said Charlie Sheen, he said, can you do that? You know, and I went, yeah, it's history. It's ancient history. I. I'm, I'm over it. I, you know, the, it was really at the time it was terribly hurtful. Mm -hmm. uh, it was humiliating. It was embarrassing. It was it was all kinds of stuff. And and it was I couldn't watch Two and a Half Men reruns for years because I just couldn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I can now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love what we did. I, I I love that you know we made a funny show and we made a really funny show for eight years before it all went to hell. Um, so I was good with it. And so the question is, how does Charlie feel? And I, and I managed to get him on the phone. And he was fantastic. He was, he was grateful for the offer. He was gracious. He was funny. And, and he was in the same place. Let's move on. Let's close the door on this, this darkness that, that, that happened and, and do something fun. And uh, I sent him the script because I wanted him to sign off because we were asking him to play himself. Is uh, is you know you, you just can't assume that you you've got it right and uh, and he signed off on the script. We made some adjustments to make him comfortable, um, and uh, he had a great deal of fun making fun of himself, mm -hmm. because if, as yeah. you saw, 
you know, mm -hmm. we, we made fun yeah. of the persona of Charlie Sheen. That has to kind of feel like a, a weight lifted off, oh. and it kind of makes me think of, like, okay, anybody that I may have had issues with so long ago where I can't even, I mean, maybe I remember what happened, but it's like, you know, you start to wonder, can we move on? And this is kind of an example of maybe time heals all wounds, or? It does in this case, okay. you know? I yeah. mean, uh, it is exactly, it's in weight, it comes off your heart. You really can feel it, like, like you know, it's over. Yeah. And um, we're, we've learned something, and, and, you know, we were friends for many years, and, and now that friendship's been rekindled. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, I hope if the show goes on, Charlie will do more. Mm -hmm. He certainly, you know, he's carved, he, he nailed it. He just, you know, his comic chops are impeccable mm -hmm. and undiminished by time. It was a joy to watch him work. And when we realized we were going to try and do this poker scene, we went, wait a minute, there was a poker scene in the pilot of Two and a Half Men. And Angus T. Jones was eight years old. Okay. I don't know if you noticed, but sitting at the poker table in Bookie is a young guy with a giant beard. That's Angus. I did not notice. And I called, I mean, Charlie and I were discussing, you know, recreating that poker scene. I said, oh, let me call Angus and see if he's game. And the other guys at the table were also in the pilot of Two and a Half Men in that poker scene. And uh, that was 20 years, 20, almost 21 years ago. When we shot it, it was almost 20 years to the day when we shot the pilot. And, um, and Angus was a little eight-year-old munchkin in pajamas, you know, annoying the poker players. Now he's 28 and he looks like lumberjack, you know, <laughs> and he, he was, and it was just great. The, being together with the two of them was, it was a great day. And what, I got to direct that episode, so I had a blast. What a full circle moment, yeah, for yeah, sure. And yeah. again, something that you probably wouldn't have been able to do if you hadn't been able to move on because it would have been too, you know, too heavy, you know? I, I, it's unthinkable. Yeah. But at the time, it, the timing was perfect. And uh, I was, you know, I, I, you know, there just comes a moment and you wake up and you go, it's over. Yeah. It's just over. And, uh, and there's no grudge or no, there's no resentment. It's just clean. Mm -hmm. and, and then working together, we had fun. And we had a lot of fun on Two and a Half Men, so it was terrific. I've noticed, I mean, maybe this is just me seeing it more recently, and it could have, I could have missed it with shows and movies, but I feel like I've been seeing more of the actors kind of playing themselves in roles. Mm -hmm. Is that like a, a, a thing that people are starting to, to do more, or people have always been doing it? Because I really enjoy it, because I really feel like I'm watching right. them mm -hmm. in the role. Yeah, you know? it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uncommon, and yeah. it's, a, it's a tricky thing, because mm -hmm. you want to be respectful yeah. to the person who's playing themselves. The character mm -hmm. is them. But it's a fictionalized version of them, you know? And um, so it's, it's a tricky balance, mm -hmm. but, and, you know, and we worked on it. And th there's another episode uh, of Bookie with Charlie where uh, Sebastian's character, Danny, is going through marital difficulties, mm -hmm. and Charlie Sheen's giving him marital <laughs> advice, right? And it was, and I pitched it to Charlie, and he went, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's perfect. Because immediately you smiled yeah. as soon as I said Charlie's giving <laughs> marital advice, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it's, a great, it's a great scene. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. 
Now, you have had quite the career with Warner Brothers. What is it, 22 years? 1999. Wow. I came here, yeah, just before the AOL deal. It blew up. <laughs> so That really puts timing into perspective yes, there. Yes, AOL, yeah. Wow. What do you, if you, is it possible to look back and to think of, like, what you can maybe credit to the success of such a great partnership? I've gotten just unconditional support from this company mm -hmm. all along the way. And, you know, there were some bumps. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always a smooth path. But, you know, I, I got to fail here as well as succeed. And, and the company didn't give up on me when things didn't go well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I can't help feeling a lot of gratitude for that. This yeah. is my home. Bookie premieres November 30th on Max. Well, the world can't get enough of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, and now legendary NFL tight end Rob Gronkowski is weighing in on why Trailer is great for the NFL. Plus, he talks about his terrifying jump out of a plane during Sunday night's Fox NFL Veterans Day broadcast. Fox NFL Sunday, a tribute on Veterans Day two-hour coverage featuring Rob Gronkowski jumping out of a plane in tandem skydive. I have done this before myself, Gronk. How terrified were you at the last second when they had to push you out? Uh, yes, I was very terrified at that second. I was very nervous. I was actually trying to jump out of the plane, but like my feet were stuck. It was wild. It was like an experience I never had before. It was like I was in quicksand trying to get out, but I couldn't get out. And then finally, Miguel, who, who was my tandem jumper with me, that was uh, who was attached to my back, he finally gave me a nice push, but he gave me the signal three different times. And I tried three right. different times, and I just couldn't get out of the airplane. But uh, I wasn't really that nervous, but it just wouldn't let me go. But let me tell you, it's an experience of a lifetime. I highly recommend it to anyone else that wants to go skydiving, that's for sure. I think you handled it like a champ. When I was up there, strapped to that guy, they have a window. They're like, we have an open window. We can't, you can't just jump whenever you want or when you're ready. We have a window and it's about 15 seconds long and this is when and where we have to go. So the guy says, we're going. And I went, no, and I screamed no, and I grabbed onto the bar, and I went, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, and he pushed me, because it was the window, and I hit my thunk, my head, on the bar, and I just fell out. <laughs> I was so terrified. Oh, that's another experience right there, Billy. I'm yeah. glad that didn't happen to me. I'm glad I didn't hit my head. I was crouched down like a little Or dog. scream like but, a little uh, baby on national television. <laughs> Yes, I sure did. You you almost knocked yourself out, and I screamed like a little baby. Next time, we should do it together. I'm not strapping to you, my friend. You need to lose. Uh, you need to get a smaller. You need to be a kicker. <laughs> I'll shrink uh, down a little bit just for you. Um, do you have the bug? Are you ever going to do that again? Yes, I would actually love to do it again. It felt really good, man. Uh, it felt like I was very loose after. I was very, like, free. Like, yeah. my mind was racing, but I was still calm at the same time. It was an experience I would recommend to anyone uh, to definitely try it out. And it's an experience that I would love to try again, love to do again. And uh, it just felt good. I'm an adrenaline type of guy. I love adrenaline. I love the adrenaline rushes. And uh, especially doing it right before you got to go run or you got to go on live TV, it would definitely warm you up and get you prepared for those situations. Oh, my God. Uh, 
Would you ever do it by yourself? Train to be a solo guy? Do that Tom Cruise stuff flipping around in the air? And I think I would eventually. I mean, I had no problem on the free fall. It's not like I became like dizzy or I was, you know, fainting or there was any signs of passing out at all. I was fully wide awake during the free fall. That's for sure. So I would definitely be capable enough of pulling the parachute when right. I need to pull it. And uh, I would just have to be trained properly, maybe have a couple more tandem jumps and uh, and learn a little bit more before I do it by myself. But that would be something if, uh, if I could definitely try it and do it by myself, I would be capable of doing it. I mean, there was no signs of weakness once I jumped. I was ready to go and I was enjoying the ride. Can't sit here with the legendary Rob Gronkowski. Uh, you know, future Hall of Famer for absolute sure. You're not in already, are you? No, uh, you got to be out of the league. Uh, you got to last play. Uh, it takes five years since your last game that you played. So I got about three more years left to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. But, you, but you're going to be in there. I'm, but I was just inducted into the University of Arizona Sports Hall of Fame last week. Uh, when I was at the University of Arizona. So that was my first Hall of Fame I was inducted in, and maybe that could possibly be a pre-warm-up for Can. We'll see. If I'm lucky enough, we will see. The mighty Rob Gronka, he has got a yellow jacket in his future. I'm absolutely sure of it. Now, Gronk, when's the last time you talked to Brady? Uh, you know, it was a very cool moment. He, uh, he sent me a little uh, video of his son, uh, Benny playing tight end. And uh, let me tell you, he's an absolute beast. You know, his son, he was actually on air. He said his son wants to be like myself, be a tight end, be an absolute beast, be an absolute savage. He sent me a little video of his son playing tight end. And let me tell you, he represented the position well. He caught the ball. He ran over three guys and scored a touchdown. I was impressed. I was emotional when I saw the video, and I was super happy for Tom to see that, that his son is absolutely dominating the tight end position. He's a big guy, so he's Big Ben? Yes, he is a big guy. He, now, he's not as big as Big Ben, the quarterback, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but let me tell you, he's a big guy for his age, and uh, he's How very old? athletic and can like, run. Is he eight or so nine? tight end position. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what his age is, uh, to, to be exactly sure. But let me just tell you, he's a beast. That's all that matters. Yeah, so are you. And after that jump on Veterans Day, I'm wondering if you actually get the USAA insurance now. Uh, I should get the USAA insurance. You know, I've been trying super hard this year. I've been cutting the bushes and putting USAA in the bushes. I still can't get the insurance. But there was actually someone that was very nice, a cadet that was there at the Air Force Base, and he had a sign, if you marry my sister, Gronk, you can get USAA insurance. That's for sure. And I had to give him some dabs, man. I appreciate him looking out for me. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't going to happen. But I wanted to say thank you, man, for, you know, looking out for my future looking out for my health and my insurance policies but uh i still don't have usaa but maybe after i give them a call this week and tell them what i did jumping out of a out of an airplane uh with a wings of blue um air force academy uh vet let me tell you i should definitely be closer to being eligible to get that insurance agreed agreed you are Gronk, you work for Fox Sports. Your, your buddy Tom Brady allegedly works for Fox Sports. He did a huge deal with Fox Sports. Where is he? What is he doing? When does he show up? 
Um, you know, I think he's taken off this year, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, he can take off as many years as he would like. It's Tom Brady. He put enough time and energy into the sport of football, especially he did enough for the whole entire NFL uh, for just what his career represented. But uh, I took a year off before, and uh, it makes you get refreshed, makes you want to bounce back and get back into it. So I'm pretty sure he will be back next year, from my understanding, uh, to be in the booth. And he's going to do a great job. He knows the game of football better than anyone but with that salary that he has and he sees me jumping out of a plane he doesn't want to get paid that salary this year because he needs me to renegotiate my contract because i'm putting my life on the line for fox so you are. That, that's why he was taking right now so i'm uh, bill bill richards what can i say putting my life on the line tom's not here this year because he needs my deal to be renegotiated for just all Tom needs to life. do is lean in I'm on your behalf, and you're going to get a huge, huge contract. Tommy needs to say, I'm not doing anything until my man Gronk is happy, because we are tit for tat, baby. We're connected forever. Exactly. That's why I love you, Tommy. Oh, Tommy. That's why I love my boy. Speaking of big, bad beasts at the tight end position, how about Travis Kelsey? He's rolling private into Argentina. He has got his girl, Taylor. There's a big, huge hug and a makeout. He's dancing in the aisles. The people are screaming for this guy. He might be the only tight end to ever play pro football having more fun than you. Yes, he is. He's having a lot of fun. I met Travis actually for the very first time, like when we really hit it off. He came to Gronk Beach when uh, when we had Gronk Beach in Vegas a year and a half ago at the at the NFL draft. And uh, he came on stage and we had an absolutely insane dance off. That's for sure. And he can move, man. He's got yeah. some he's got some serious hip flip and he can get low. He can groove. And Julian Edelman was on stage, too. We had a we had a nice dance off. It was a lot of fun. And let me tell you, he's a lot of fun to be around. He's a great guy. Got a lot of great personality and uh, just overall just ready to get after at any time, which is amazing. Taylor Swift, good, great, or whatever for business at the NFL. It's great for the NFL. It's great for the business just overall. It's great for Travis. It's great for the NFL. He's dominating. He's going to have another 1,000 yards most likely this year. And, and what would it be? Eight seasons in a row or 1,000 yards plus at the tight end position. Never been done before. So just overall, it's just great to see him dominating. Um, it's great to see him uh, with Taylor. And uh, they're a great couple, my man. And it's great business for all. I love that. They roll out the stats and they say, he plays better when she is there. Do you, did that happen for you? If Camille or, or if you were earlier in your career, the girl you were dating was on scene at the game, did you play better? Did you step up? Uh, you know, you always think about that for sure. Uh, Camille was at some of my games, and I told her that, you know, if I score a touchdown or two touchdowns this game, then we're going to do this. We're going to go on this trip. And then I always ended up scoring that touchdown or the two touchdowns that I told her that I needed to score in order for us to go on that trip. So, yes, I play better when she is in the stands. Everyone plays better with a pretty girl who's there to see you and only you. I mean, come on. That's so exciting. Of course, my man. Billy, do you, have, do you have a pretty girl watching you right now on uh, set? So you're just absolutely dominating this interview with me right now. I feel like that's the case. Yeah, I do. I do. I knew it, buddy. I knew it. That's why you're always on point. I knew it. I see her right there. <laughs> I love you, baby. Hey, thank you. How am I doing with Brock? Pretty good? You like that? Okay, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Folks, the great... Future Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski. If loving Gronk is wrong, I don't want to be right. And there he is, baby.
You're looking jacked up too. You're gonna. Thank you, Bill. You're not gonna unretire again, are you? You look jacked. No, no, I'm not gonna retire. But I just want to give a shout out to my, you know, my favorite, you know, coworker Terry Bradshaw. He was trying to, you know, put the scaries in me before I jumped. You know, he kept coming up to me. Are you sure? Same with Howie Long. Are you sure you, you want to do this, Rob? And I kept saying, Of course, I'm sure I'm, I want to do this. I'm gonna feel great when I land. I'm gonna feel great on the set once I land and walk on over. So Terry. Thank you for trying to knock down my confidence. You guys are the best. Howie Long, you guys are the best. The whole Fox team, our pregame show, it's the best pregame show is. out there. And my co-host, those guys are awesome. It's so great to learn from them. Love you, buddy. Great to see you, Gronk. Thanks a lot. Billy, thank you, my man. You're the best. Always a great time. See you, toots. Check out Gronk as the New England Patriots take on the New York Giants on November 26th. Up next, the world is still reeling from the tragic death of Matthew Perry. Extra looked back and found one of our last solo interviews with the star when he was in the middle of filming his TV series Go On and what he says about living through tragedy. And it may especially be poignant to fans everywhere right now. Man. Great to see good you. To see ya. So Where do I go? Here? You're hanging out right here. Okay. Good. You All get right. your mark and the whole deal. Thank I'm good. You for Thank uh, you. you know coming out and hanging with us Hi. here. All your extra friends came to see you. First of all, congratulations on a second season pickup. Uh, thank you, thank you. That's great. Yeah. Well, for those who may not have uh, been familiar with the show or haven't caught it yet, tell us a little bit about the show and the character you play, please. Uh, okay, I play a guy named uh, Ryan King, who is a uh, sports guy on the radio, and something very tragic happened to him, so he has to go to grief therapy. Hmm. And uh, he meets this very kooky group of people in, uh, in grief therapy, and, uh, and, and, and it's a comedy. And it's a comedy, yeah. and, and, and through death, hilarity ensues. Exactly. <laughs> now, exactly. these actually exist, these these grief therapies. Oh, yes. Have you ever experienced a, a personal loss or someone you know? That, how did you make this relatable and, and really strike uh, home for you? Well, uh, it's been very well documented that I've spent some time talking about my problems in circles in my, in my life. Okay. So I didn't have to do a whole lot of research. But I, I do know that uh, through tragedy and through uh, things like that people have a lot of have a there's a lot of laughter that comes from these things a lot of uh, a lot of levity sure levity saves people's lives in a lot of cases so so there's a lot of laughter Best a lot of therapy funny things sure, exactly right? to get through that so uh, so you know there and and also it's about it's a com it's a comedy about uh, about you know people trying to better their lives you know there's people in in the group that somebody's in there because they lost their cat Oh, you know. So it's all kinds of loss. All yes, exactly. <laughs> all forms. Exactly. How would you describe your sense of humor, Matthew? You, Matthew, not the character. Uh, well, uh, it's a, a little sarcastic, maybe. Okay. Um, I like physical comedy a lot. I, if people fall down, I laugh a that's lot. That's always funny. Yeah. That's always funny. I. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the gingerbread house we're standing in front of right here. A little, <laughs> a little bear out of nowhere wearing boxing gloves. Always funny. No, those are mittens. Oh, okay. They look like I too said they yeah. look like boxing gloves, but they're mittens, actually. Looks, looks like a bear that's ready for a fight. We're, we, we need to work on that bear. Yeah. Now, I heard you're going to have some uh, special guests on the show. David Beckham, my hair, is going to be appearing. Uh, 
David Beckham, I, I, I hope so. He, he, I asked him to be on the show, and he said yes, but maybe oh. he was just being polite. Right, okay. Uh, but uh, the, in, the, in the show, that's the, the very next show that's on, Chris Bosh is on. Oh, he's okay. uh, very tall. Yes, he is. So he's, he's so a lot of athletes. A lot of athletes. Are, yeah, a lot of athletes are on the show, and uh, Misty May Trainer is coming on, the oh, Olympian. Nice. And, uh, and Sean, they generally they play themselves. I'm assuming. They, yeah, they all play themselves. Sean White. I just worked with him. Okay. Who's been the best actor that was a pro? Well, athlete? that's the thing. They're all good. They're all good. Okay. Which so all these athletes come on the show and they're all really good. Which makes me think that my job is like a joke, <laughs> because they all come on and they're really funny and they're all really good. So I, who's been the best? Sean White was really good. He, the Flying we, Tomato. The Flying Tomato. Okay. Yeah. Well, the name like that, you gotta I, bring it. I didn't call him that. You didn't call him that, huh? I didn't call him that, but he was really good, really funny. A lot of people were wanting me to ask you how... Oh, you need me to go like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's... Settle. That was good, yeah. Thank you very much. See, I, I want to talk to you like this. Yeah, that's... It seems natural, but I'm going to talk to you talk like, like that. this. I were talking yeah. like this. Right yeah. I'm just going to do the whole interview. If like I this. talk to you like this, the bear will come and beat the crap out of me. That's why he's wearing the gloves. Okay, I'm going to talk to you like so, this. So, yeah. So, okay. however you feel comfortable, uh, you know. All right. We'll hang out and talk. Okay. A lot of people wanted me to ask you, how how much do you still stay in contact with your former friends' castmates? Uh, I, we keep in contact. We keep. In, I mean, we don't, you know, meet every day in a sure. in a coffee house. <laughs> like people, some I think some people think like to think that. Right. They no. wish that. They wish yeah. that to be. Well, you know what I like is that you've all uh, transitioned into doing different things, and I know Lisa yeah. Kudrow with her show Web Therapy, hilarious, and, and uh, uh, Matt on his show uh, yeah. episodes, and, yeah, and then of course Courtney on on uh, Cougar Town. Yeah. So have you discussed possibly doing appearances or cameos on the other shows? Yeah, we talk about that. I mean, uh, the the thing is, I I would love for all of them to come and be on my show, but. I, I, I think it's important that you that we wait on that because you know it's important to sort of you want to sort of I want to establish that sure. it's a new show right. and you know I think if if brand new when you're trying to establish these new characters if you bring on right. you know if Courtney came on it would be sort of confusing so right, you know maybe audience. season two season three that Couple would be seasons awesome. seasons in you get you get in there yeah. and, and I'm sure you get asked quite often about the inevitable Friends reunion is it something that you would like to see happen or you like the way it ended and let's just leave it at that. I think yeah, we do get asked that a lot, and I I, I worry that I worry if we did that and it was bad, then it would sort of have a blemish on something that was so great. Right. So that's the concern. If we did a movie and it was terrible, then, then maybe kind of, it would kind of like with Gilligan's Island. Remember when Gilligan's Island did the movie after the show was over? Yeah. And then it's like, they should have stopped at the show. Yeah. I'm not saying you would be Gilligan's Island. Yeah. I'm just saying there's that potential, you, you never know. They did was like a, a Harlem... They did... No, no, that was fine. It's a fun They thinking. did like the Harlem Globetrotters there's in Gilligan's that. Island. That right, right. Yeah. That, well, that's when they really jumped yeah. the shark. And then, yeah. Okay. That wasn't so, very realistic. That wasn't very realistic. Yeah. And um, are you possibly looking to get do some more theatrical stuff as well? If it, yeah, if we'll it see. Fits. Right now I'm doing... Right now this show is so all-encompassing that there's, right, there's no time, time sure. to do anything. And in fact, I'm amazed that I haven't fallen asleep just sitting here talking to you. <laughs> Not because of you. Well, most people do. I wouldn't have taken offense to Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, there'll be some of that. But right now, it's just, it's just sure. a show. We'll focus on that. Just wanted to throw it out. Yeah. Now, we've read the following about you, Matthew, and I was okay. hoping you could help me All right. set the record straight sure. here. You grew up in Canada, but yeah. you were actually <clears throat> born in the United States. That's right. Really? Where were you born here? I was born in uh, Williamstown, Massachusetts. And then how'd you end up uh, up north? 
My mom was from Canada, so I lived there for uh -huh. a long time with her in Ottawa, Canada. Got it. Uh, where it was very cold. Very cold. So I said when I was 15, I was like, hey, I don't want to live here anymore. Right. I'm going to move to <laughs> California where they just have fake snow like like this. Right. Not real snow. Not real snow. And it's 90 degrees in the exactly. fall. Exactly. That's how I like it. Exactly. Is it true that your mom was press secretary to the Canadian Prime Minister? Yeah, my mom was, uh, yeah. That's cool. Allison Janney on West Wing. Yeah. That's what my mom was in, in oh, real really? life. Oh, really? That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, but shorter. Your yeah. dad is an actor. Has he ever played your dad in in? Yes, in my dad played my dad in Fool's Rush In. Oh, that was your dad? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, and, he was great. Yeah, and my dad's <laughs> most famous for, he was the Old Spice guy. You remember oh, the Old yeah, Spice guy? Like yeah. that gorgeous yes. the guy with... And all the girls kissed him and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Your dad was great. Yeah. Though. I had no idea those were That's why I scenes. never took girls home. Yeah. Because my dad was just is just stupidly handsome. That's a cool dad. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. sweet. I never knew that. I'm yeah. learning all this. True that you were a nationally ranked tennis player in Canada? Yes. Excuse yeah. me, an Se athlete. Yeah. Seventeenth. <clears throat> Seventeen. 17th? 17th in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And then I moved down here and got killed by everybody. Wow. Did you yeah. still play? Yeah, a little bit. Very cool. But you know what I've been playing mostly? Ping pong. Really? A lot table of ping tennis. pong. Little, a lot of table tennis now. Fancy myself a pretty good table tennis. Really? Player. I got oh some well, we Boris should. Gump type skills. Oh, we should out. play. Okay. All right. We should play. We sure. We don't. Do we have one? We don't have, we're gonna get it next we'll time. We'll get one next time you're next here. Next time I'm on. Challenge. Yes, we'll play. Deal. All right. Deal. Okay, I'm okay. not letting you go there. Okay. Please comment on the uh, following quotes. Okay? okay, sure. After I got my first lap on stage, I was hooked. Uh, True? Uh, oh, uh, sure. I thought you were just talking about yourself. <laughs> uh, yes, that's definitely true. That's absolutely true. I was the coolest guy of the non-cool crowd. That is really true. You've really done your research. What? I mean, with your mom, is, uh, you're working for the prime minister and your dad's as cool as you, you can't help but have a cool Yes, there was, there was a very cool crowd. I was yeah. not amongst you those not people. Amongst them. Okay. And then there were dorky people, and I was the coolest of those people. True that there are pages on the internet dedicated to whether you're gay or not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true, yeah. Well, that's yeah. when you know you made it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get pages absolutely. Dedicated. The key to a successful sitcom is to surround yourself with miserable people. Yeah, that's definitely true. Definitely true. Wow. And Go On is the ultimate example of that because it's all these people that have lost people. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. all the great sitcoms in history are all lovable losers. Yeah, Friends true. was that. Cheers was yeah. that. Taxi was that. And Go On is certainly that. Very cool. Well, before yeah. we let you go, we just have a couple of fans I want to ask you a couple okay. questions, okay? Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. Uh, who's my first hand? Come over here. Okay. Hello. Make sure you stand the right way. Yeah, no stacks. Quinn Scold and Matthew like Perry. That. All right. <laughs> go ahead, honey. Okay, so I'm a huge fan. Thank you. And I was wondering, one of my questions is, which TV show is your favorite of right now, all time? Uh, uh, Lost. Lost. Lost is I'm my actually just show. watching that right now, and I'm pretty hooked up it's on it. It's really that. good, right? Yeah, yeah, I like it. My guys, favorite show. You guys have similar tastes, really. I know. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. <laughs> we only have one more. Come here, honey. Hi. Question. Hi. Hi. And nice to meet you. Nice to meet um, you. Out of all the episodes of Friends, what was your favorite one? Uh, oh, it was uh, very early on. It was uh, the one where there was a blackout, and I was, uh, I was. Uh, you guys remember probably the Jill Goodacre one where yeah, I was yeah. I was stuck in an ATM vestibule with her. Love Jill Goodacre. Why that one in particular? Um, 
I, I just, it was really funny. It was the first, it was like the sixth episode we did. It was the, it was the one where everything started to come together. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thank, Thank you, honey. Yeah. This is really fun. I, I want more, more questions. Is that it? That's it? Anybody else got High five. High five? High five. All right. Okay. There we go. Okay. Obligatory high five. All right. That's it. So, guys, uh, a big round of applause. I don't want you to keep going as I thank uh, Mr. Perry for coming here, okay? You guys ready? Yeah. Matthew, thank That's you so it. much for okay. coming by. Thanks, dude. Thank you, Perry, What a legend. He will be so missed. To see more of Matthew Perry's interview with Extra, you can visit extratv.com. That's all we've got for you today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra the Podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time.